Aloha. You are listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Download the Locker Room app from the iOS App Store and find one of our Locked On Rooms. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. We are now talking Mock Draft 2.0. I'm recording this on Tuesday night. The draft lottery just happened. The Detroit Pistons win the draft lottery at number two, Houston Rockets. At number three, the Cleveland Cavaliers, Toronto Raptors at number four. And a couple of minutes after the draft lottery, I released my latest Mock Draft 2.0, and I want to talk a little bit about that. You can go find that full Mock Draft over in my newsletter and website, nbabigboard.com. Right now, uh, first few picks are free. Uh, for any any subscriber, give us your email. You get it in your inbox. Paid subs, $7 a month, $50 a year right now on special. I think there's a ton of great stuff coming out right now, and I want to talk to you a little bit about Mock Draft at 2.0. And, you know, let's just start with the big picture right now. Detroit Pistons had never won the draft lottery. The highest they'd ever drafted is two. That was in the year uh, 2003 when they drafted Darko Milicic. They get the number one pick in the draft. They're in a major rebuild right now. Uh, last year, they had three first-round picks. They took Killian Hayes with their lottery pick and then Isaiah Stewart and Sadiq Bey in the, tween, in the teens. And, you know, for the Pistons, it was it was a solid draft. Sadiq Bey actually made first team all rookie, shot the ball really well. He was one of the most NBA ready prospects, so we we knew that about him. Isaiah Stewart played well. Killian Hayes started off really rocky and and started to come on a little bit towards the end of the season after coming back from an injury. I still think that they they messed up and not taking Tyrese Halliburton there, but that's their that's their young core. And then they have Jeremy Grant, uh, who. Came over from the Denver Nuggets, had a great, really a sort of franchise season for them. You know, that's their core right now. And landing the number one pick in the draft gives them some identity now. It gives them that superstar to build around because as much as you might like the potential of Hayes or Stewart or Sadiq Bey, those guys aren't superstars that you build your franchise around. And that's that's sort of what every team needs if they're going to now make that push away from just being a lottery team every year to being a real playoff contender. Cade Cunningham obviously can do that. He's versatile. He's got a great feel for the game. He sees the floor well. He can actually shoot the basketball. He can defend multiple positions. He is the prototypical 3 and D wing that NBA teams covet so much. He could be a primary or secondary ball handler. There are some scouts that worry a little bit about the fact that Cunningham turns the ball over so much and whether he's actually more of a secondary than primary ball handler right now. I, I like that mix. Cunningham, Hayes, Stewart, Sadiq Bay, Grant. Uh, there's a lot of versatility there. There's great size. Uh, there's length uh, there on the team. Uh, they're multi-positional players. You've got high basketball IQ players. That's that's really great. Uh, a few players, uh, obviously, like Bay and Cunningham, can stroke the basketball as well. But I'm not crazy about it. I, I, I like it. I think it's going to be a really unique roster for them. I... I've been pretty vocal that I thought Jalen Green was the guy for this particular team because I thought they needed a guy who could score 25 points a night and just really take over a basketball game. Cunningham can do that, especially in the crunch, but that's that's not exactly how he's wired. That's not exactly his game. I still think they take Cunningham one. I think he's 
probably the best fit there between him, Evan Mobley, uh, and and Green. But it will be interesting to see whether Detroit decides, you know what, maybe we could lure the Cavs, for example, at three and get three and maybe Isaac Okoro, maybe, uh, in, in return for the number one pick in the draft. Still get Jalen Green, add another player to the roster, uh, go that direction. I, I really think that Cunningham, Green, Mobley, they all have a chance to be stars. And, and I think the probability on all three of them is really high. Cunningham is number one on my board. I haven't going number one to the Detroit Pistons, but I, I think there's some interesting things to play out in Detroit right now about what they do uh, with this pick. At two, the Houston Rockets, they had the worst record uh, in the league. They did not win the number one pick in the draft, but really at number two, it's 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 not like it's a major loss for Houston. I have them selecting Evan Mobley out of USC. And I, as the season has gone on, have gotten more and more excited about Evan Mobley as not only being a an elite prospect in this draft, but in some ways a prospect that I like better than Cade Cunningham. He's he's got better size, he's got better length, uh, he is a better athlete, he's a better defender right now, uh, he's a more versatile offensive player. Uh, he's interesting in the things that he can do offensively. He can score on the block, uh, he can stretch the floor, he can put the ball on the basket, he can take his defender uh, off the dribble. He's not elite at any of that, but he shows potential to potentially be that way. And in some ways, he plays less like a center than he does does a wing, actually, a, a sort of shot-blocking, rim-protecting wing. And so it's going to be interesting to see how a team like Houston might end up using a, a player like Evan Mobley. Look, Houston could go with Jalen Green. They could certainly use um, the scoring. But I, I think Mobley, to me, is is the guy. They have Christian Wood, who's this sort of long, lanky player that in some ways resembles Evan Mobley, but I think that they can play together. Deshaun Tate had a really terrific year for them. Kenyon Martin Jr. showed a little bit uh, that I think uh, could be really interesting. Uh, Kevin Porter Jr. obviously has some talent. I mean, there's there's some talent on this Rockets team, but this is a multi-year rebuild for them. They are going to have two other picks uh, later uh, in the mock draft right now. And and I had them, again, sort of swinging for the fences with those picks. They're later in the draft at 23 and uh, tw- 24. Uh, the 23rd pick they're getting from the Blazers, I have them actually taking Shreve Cooper, the, uh, the electric point guard out of Auburn uh, that I just think is one of the most electric players in this draft. And at 23 is a is a bargain, especially if he measures like it looked like he was going to measure in uh, the the draft combine where he came in at 6-4 and three quarters in shoes, which seems insane uh, for for uh, Sharif Cooper when he looks like he's six foot or six foot one. It's really possible that this is a um, that this is going to be, you know, some sort of a typo or mistake uh, that the league is going to rectify. But if he really is that size, then he probably won't last the 23 anyway. And then Greg Brown, who a guy that, that that I've had in the top 10, I think he's the best athlete in the draft. Very, very raw, needs a lot of work. And I think the Rockets are just swinging for the fences here at 23 to see if they can jumpstart the rebuild soon. You're hearing a rooster in the background. I live in Hawaii. That's uh, It's out in the woods right now. It's probably going to be joining us for a lot of this podcast, but I'm going to record it anyway. And so uh, enjoy the rooster in the background right there. So that's the Houston Rockets. 
I'm, I'm a big Evan Mobley fan. If somebody had taken Evan Mobley one, I would have been totally fine with it. I don't think the gap between Mobley and Kate Cunningham is nearly as big as people have made it out to be. Uh, I, I actually think in many ways Mobley is the more talented of the prospects, but he doesn't play that coveted position. But then again, maybe there's going to be some creative general manager that looks at the mobility and fluidity of Evan Mobley and says, you know what? Um, we're going we're gonna to try it anyway. Cleveland Cavaliers at three. And this is tough because, you know, look, the Cavs had Colin Sexton and Darius Garland. They put a, a lottery picks in on those guys. They put a lottery pick in on Isaac Okoro as a wing. Uh, they did trade for a young big man in Jared Allen. Really like all of those uh, young players. And so you can kind of see, you know, that a guy like Evan Mobley would maybe be the ideal fit next to all of those players. And and it'll be interesting to see whether the Cavs might covet someone like that, or even Cade Cunningham as the big sort of playmaking uh, wing. Uh, Okoro is certainly good on the defensive end, but offensive end, I think think he really struggles. That is going to be the really interesting thing now is what do the Cavs do now? Jalen Green is who I have them selecting at three. Uh, I think that they can just fill out the rest of their backcourt uh, with scoring. Obviously, Colin Sexton is a big-time scorer. Darius Garland starting to shoot the basketball. Uh, but even as good as Sexton was, and he was dynamite uh, as a scorer this year, I don't think he's this pure and natural a scorer as Jalen Green is. Uh, and you know, putting those two got together in the backcourt, I'm not sure if there's enough basketballs in the backcourt for both of them. But I also think that you know, Colin Sexton is potentially a a player that that the Cavs could end up training. Uh, trading. Uh, Scotty Barnes, Jonathan Kaminga, those are other guys to sort of look at here. Scotty Barnes has been rising on draft boards. I've talked to teams that have him as high as three. Uh, he's a huge point guard at 6'8", 7'3", wingspan, 225 pounds, can't really shoot the basketball, but just the talented playmaker and and reminds some people of a Draymond Green and another guy that I actually think could be really good. A player like that could be really good in Cleveland. And so he's a another potential pick there. Jonathan Kaminga, big raw. I, I think there's probably too many similarities to Okoro to really think that Jonathan Kaminga is going to be the guy there. So I, I'm going with Jalen Green here. But if it's Scotty Barnes, it wouldn't surprise me. And if Cleveland decides to move up in the draft, that wouldn't surprise me. And if Cleveland decides, look, we're sick of the rebuild and we want to go ahead and trade out of this draft, you know what, three, there's going to be a lot of suitors uh, with Jalen Green, uh, Scotty Barnes, uh, Jalen Suggs, and and uh, Jonathan Kaminga still on uh, the board. All right, that's the first three picks in the draft. When we come back, we're going to continue to talk about some of the rest of the lottery picks in Mock Draft 2.0. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. This episode is brought to you by Locker Room. Locker Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Locker Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about the league. You'll find tons of fans just like you in Locker Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find our Locked On hosts across the NBA, MLB, NHL. I recently joined Mark Stein on a Locker Room episode. It was awesome. 
Go download the free Locker Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NBA, NFL, NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Can't wait for you to join the app. I'll be sure to let you know once I'm on the Locked On NBA Draft Room is live. Download the Locker Room app today. Locker Room, changing the way we talk sports. And we are back. We are talking 2021 NBA Draft Lottery Mock Draft 2.0. I released it last night right after the draft lottery. Detroit Pistons got the first pick. Houston Rockets got the second pick. Cleveland Cavaliers got the third pick. We just went through those. You can find the full mock draft over on my website, nbabigboard.com. It's a newsletter. Give us your email. There are free articles that come along. A lot of it's subscription. You get the first few picks in the mock draft for free. Everything else is for our paid subscribers. $7 a month, $50 a year. That's $4 a month as it works out if you do the yearly plan. You know, that's a cup of coffee at Starbucks. I think it's going to be worth it. You're going to find a ton of stuff there. We've got tons of player cards. We've got some cool international player cards coming up. Just so much good stuff. A lot of stuff talking about uh, the draft combine that's going on this week. And we'll actually have John Hollinger on later uh, to talk a little bit about that. But uh, the draft measurables, that all sort of came out today. Lots of stuff that uh, that you can get over there at NBABigBoard.com. All right, we're at pick four in the draft. And uh, that is going to the Toronto Raptors. They moved up three spots. They were kind of slotted to pick seventh. They move up into the top four. It's big news for for the Raptors. And we've got three guys off the board. Now we've got Jalen Green off the board. We've got Evan Mobley off the board. We've got Cade Cunningham off the board. That leaves them Scotty Barnes, Jalen Suggs, and Jonathan Kaminga. I think you can make a case for all three of these players in Toronto. All three of them fit sort of things that Masai Ujiri has liked in the past. He loves great athletes. Um, in that case, Jonathan Kaminga uh, comes around. He loves tough, gritty players. Jalen Suggs fits the category. He loves big, long-skilled, multi-positional players. That's Scotty Barnes. I ultimately erred towards Scotty Barnes. And, uh, you know, I've got a crush on Scotty Barnes uh, as, a, as a prospect. 6'8", 225 pounds. He just measured nearly 7'3 wingspan at the combine. Measurements just came in. He, he is a point guard. He's not like a, you know, a secondary ball handler. He can be your primary ball handler in your team. He's an excellent defender. Uh, he just has a demeanor of the way he plays. Other uh, teammates like him. His coaches like him. I... I think he has the chance to be special. The question is the jump shot. It's a legitimate question. He did not shoot the ball well at Florida State as a freshman. And obviously that's going to raise, you know, some concerns about what that looks like at the next level. Only shot 27 and a half percent. Only only made a, a half a three-pointer a game. Only shot 62% from the free throw line. Those are going to be the big concerns. And Given everything that happened uh, with Ben Simmons, I think maybe people are thinking to themselves, why would the Raptors draft a big point guard that can't shoot? That sounds a little bit like Ben Simmons. And there's just a couple things I'd say about Scotty Barnes. One, totally different mentality as a basketball player, first of all. Scotty Barnes is a joyous player, loves to play the game. Two, 
Scotty Barnes was actually a little bit better shooter in high school than he was uh, in in college basketball. He regressed a little bit. That really wasn't his game at Florida State. They didn't ask him to take a lot of shots. Three, the shooting is a, a skill that players can pick up. They do it all the time. And Terrence Mann, who just killed the Utah Jazz as the Clippers, is sort of a great sort of example of that. Not every player is going to be Ben Simmons, who not only never really learns to shoot, but actually sort of regresses in certain ways uh, in in that area. Uh, the fact that Ben Simmons was refusing to take jump shots uh, in a pivotal playoff game against the Atlanta Hawks is not necessarily something I think that you should read into with Scotty Barnes. And the other thing that I'll just say about Barnes is, while shooting and scoring is important in the NBA, it is not the only thing. And I think we we think points, and that's the first thing we sort of think about. And if that's the case, Jalen Green should be the number one pick in this draft. But it also defense, uh, passing, assist, uh, and Barnes, I think, is going to be terrific in those areas. I think he's the biggest sleeper in the draft. Uh, I've got him going four. Um, he may be a little bit duplicative over what Toronto already has. I, I certainly understand the people that are going to advocate for Suggs or even Kaminga. Probably Suggs to me more than Kaminga. Uh, but I, I'm sticking right now with Scotty Barnes at four. At five, it's the Orlando Magic. I have them taking Jalen Suggs out of uh, Gonzaga, who it's, it's inter- interesting because they're going to have a tough choice. They've got Suggs. They've got Jonathan Kaminga. If you look at John Hammond's track record and Jeff Weltman, the two executives that run the Magic right now, those long athletic players are, are typically the players that they gravitate um, towards. And, and both of those signals would point traditionally if you look at what the Magic have done in the past uh, to Kaminga. But I think that if you think about how a lot of those picks haven't necessarily panned out over time, Maybe taking the safer, sure thing like Suggs is actually what you should do here with the Magic. I know that they selected Cole Anthony last year, um, that maybe you see some similarities between Suggs and Cole Anthony. I think Suggs is a better defender for sure. Uh, And I actually think that he's just an all-around better prospect. But, you know, the Magic are left with who they're left with on the board here. And I I think that the character Suggs brings to the table. And look, his swing skill is going to be shooting as well. He was a solid shooter in college, but he wasn't a great. He was kind of streaky as a shooter. If he really knocks down shots, then I think Suggs is a steal at number five. Uh, The Magic, by the way, are going to have another pick in this draft at eight. They get that via the Chicago Bulls. So that um, conveyed to them on draft lottery night. I have them selecting Keon Johnson, the big-time shooting guard, uh, out of Tennessee, who doesn't, he's more guard than shooting guard. He's best at the defensive end. He's a shaky shooter. I have some reservations about projecting a team that has both Keon Johnson uh, and and uh, Jalen Suggs in the backcourt, uh, given the backcourt that they already have right now. Markel Fultz, I'm thinking about in particular. Uh, don't you want to add more shooters? But I, I think at eight, it meant then reaching for Moses Moody or reaching, you know, perhaps for Corey Kispert. Uh, I wasn't quite ready to do that for them. Keon Johnson has such great upside. He's definitely one of the bigger risks. Uh, I think he has one of the lower floors uh, in this draft, but he sort of fits the long athletic mold that they like, though not not that long, six seven wingspan, about six five uh, in shoes. So that's a, that's the Magic's draft right now. Again, not sure that 
those players themselves are ideal. I think they're just sort of the best prospects that are sort of available. That that leaves the Thunder in what we've been calling a five-person draft, but I think has become a six-person draft with Scotty Barnes. Now selecting Jonathan Kaminga, the out of the G League Ignite, um, big-time uh, defensive athlete, raw, one of the youngest players in this draft, only 18 and a half years old. Uh, he is a work in progress. The Thunder are always seem willing to give players like this a chance. Uh, they're loaded with prospects like this. Uh, and, you know, Kaminga is going to get lots of playing time for the Thunder this year to, to develop. Could Jalen Suggs be on the board at six? Yes. Could Scotty Barnes be on the board at six? I think the Thunder would actually like that. That was a team that I had Scotty Barnes uh, linked to at three uh, for them, for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Could the Thunder try to package uh, six? They have the sixth pick in the draft. They have the uh, 16th pick in the draft. And they have the 18th pick in the draft and, and try to move up. I, I think it's possible. I think there's enough depth there. At 16, I have them taking Zaire Williams out of Stanford. 18, Isaiah Jackson. Two, again, young, athletic, long players that, you know, again, the, the trend here is length, athleticism, versatility. There's even been some rumors that perhaps the Thunder, the, the team that shut down Isaiah Jackson out of Kentucky as he decided not to show up at the combine or do any of the measurements, drills, or what, what have you. Uh, I think that's going to be... A lot of rumors typically around the Thunder that they're going to shut things down. That's what Sam Presti um, likes to do. So that's what the that's what the Thunder's draft looks like right now for, for my mock draft um, at, at pick 6, uh, 16, and 18 right now. And maybe there's a way to package all that together, uh, move up a few spots in the draft. Uh, that will be interesting to see what Sam Presti does here because I'm not sure at the end of the day his vision for where the Thunder you know, needed to be, uh, is, is going to be served by those three prospects. And, you know, one thing I guess to bring out again, maybe this is painful for Thunder fans. Uh, you certainly can thank, uh, Poku for this draft position. Uh, they would have had different odds, uh, in the draft that may have moved up a spot or two, uh, if Poku hadn't come out and won that, that last game for the Oklahoma city Thunder. All right. That's uh, picks one through six. We went a little bit deeper with the Thunder, went a little, a little bit deeper with the Magic. When we come back, we will uh, look at some of the rest of Mock Draft 2.0. You're listening to Chad Ford's NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Did you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time uh, flavor? When you talk to a Built Bar fan, and I'm one of them, they are definitely passionate about their faves. So if you don't know the flavors well, they've got coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, really something for everyone. I'm a, I'm a salted caramel guy myself and I love that coconut flavor. Those are, those are two of my favorites. Uh, they taste like a candy bar. Um, but they're actually really good for you. They're not they're not uh, dry. They're not chalky. They're they're chewy. They're delicious, and so there's something for for really for everyone. And not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're actually healthy too. Uh, most of the flavors have 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, 
only four grams of net carbs. There's a few flavors that have slightly more, but not much more. So order today and get that raspberry or mint, mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to BuiltBar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. And we are back talking Mock Draft 2.0. The draft lottery happened last night. I just released my latest Mock 2.0 over on nbabigboard.com. Go over there, give us your email, subscribe, get it in your inbox. I have a few things that are free, including the first few picks in this Mock Draft 2.0. Then for paid subscribers, you get the whole thing. You also get scouting reports. You're going to get big boards that are coming. We're doing draft combine stuff right now, updates of the draft combine every day. So much great content happening over at nbabigboard.com. I hope you come over and join us uh, over there. I just did a live Zoom uh, with our paid subscribers on Tuesday night right before the draft. We talked draft for an hour, got to see each other, hang out. Uh, you can do the same thing. We're going to do multiple ones of those uh, over the course of the draft and over the year. Head over to nbabigboard.com and subscribe today. We are talking our mock draft 2.0. I've done picks one through six. I talked about a few other picks for the Thunder and the Magic who have multiple picks in this draft. Want to just hit a few other highlights for Mock Draft 2.0 before you go over there and check it out. Uh, Golden State Warriors get the pick from Minnesota. Uh, Minnesota only had a you know 27% chance of keeping that pick. They, they go on a late run. It hurts their, their draft position. They lose that, the Golden State Warriors. And you know, maybe the thing that they take a bit of a sigh was at least it wasn't the fourth pick in the draft, right? Uh, where the, the Warriors were going to land a sort of other superstar. I, I wonder after the James Wiseman experiment in Golden State, whether they're going to draft another young, raw prospect that just needs a ton of time. I, I question it based off of what Steve Kerr learned and everything that he went through last year. You're going to have a healthy Clay Thompson back. Steph Curry's window is closing. Draymond Green's window is closing. Uh, Andrew Wiggins had a pretty decent year. I think that they're going to go and try to add some young or older players in this draft that can contribute right away. So at seven, I've got them taking Davian Mitchell out of Baylor, who is the best on-the-ball defender uh, in the draft. He measured a little short uh, in the Chicago Combine, six one and a quarter uh, in shoes, six foot in socks, six four and a quarter wingspan. You know that's that's not great. He's twenty two and a half years old. He's a little bit older. Uh, you know, people have been comparing him to Donovan Mitchell. I, I think he might be closer to Kyle Lowry. If he can shoot it the way that he shot it at Baylor this year, he's absolutely worth the seventh pick in the draft. There are legitimate questions about whether that was an outlier year and whether that you look at his free throw percentage and what he's done in past years, whether he's really that good a shooter. Did he really improve that much? If he didn't, this is probably high for him given his age and lack of size. But on a team like the Warriors, uh, I think they, uh, I, th I think Davian Mitchell can come in right now uh, and and play some backup point guard and 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 that's that's the sort of talent um, that Golden State needs. Golden State also gets the 14th pick in the draft, and again I have them going with a college veteran Corey Kispert. You know you question uh, can you ever have 
too much shooting in the draft? And I think that the answer is no. And Corey Kispert is the best three-point shooter in this draft. But he's not just a three-point shooter. He's actually fairly decent on defense. He can score the basketball in other ways. I think the Warriors try to add two people that are going to help them, that allow them to give some rest to Steph Curry, uh, to give some rest to Klay Thompson at times. And so I I think this might just be the best plan uh, for the Golden State Warriors. I had, by the way, Jared Butler here before, and I still really love Jared Butler. I I actually, as a prospect, like Jared Butler a little bit better than I like Corey Kispert. But he was actually flagged at the draft combine for a health condition. We don't know what it is. There's a lot of rumors swirling around. I'm not going to talk about that right now. Other than it was serious enough that he had to go before an NBA committee that was going to review all the medical information to see if they were going to allow him to play. Obviously, if the news comes back that Jared Butler can't play in the combine, that there's a serious enough issue, you know, his draft stock becomes you know, majorly uh, in danger of even potentially getting undrafted. Maybe he goes back to school. I don't know, really know where he goes from that. If he gets cleared, it'll be interesting to see how teams sort of feel about that and what happened. There's been a lot of a lot of stuff swirling around him for a while. He sinks on on uh, my mock draft actually 21 uh, to the uh, New York Knicks uh, who, are, who are getting that pick uh, from the Dallas Mavericks. Uh, but he's one of the guys that we're going to watch um, really really closely. And so he's at seven. I also just want to sort of point out, you know, a couple of international prospects, Josh Giddy, Alperin Singun out of Turkey, and uh, Usman Garuba, the big man out of Spain, uh, all who are poised right there at the end of the lottery at 10 uh, to for Giddy to the New Orleans Pelicans, uh, Singun uh, going 11 uh, to Charlotte, uh, and uh, Garuba going 15 to the Washington Wizards. Like all these guys could see all of them move up right now. Uh, they're the, still the biggest mysteries about how it is that their games are going to translate. Giddy, obviously the great passer that lacks elite athleticism, amazing size for his position. Singun, who's just putting up monster, monster numbers in Turkey right now, at just 18 years old, won the MVP of the league. But He's not particularly long. Uh, he's not particularly like super athletic. He's not a stretch big. He's more of a traditional big. Questions about him. And then Garuba, who might be the best big man defender in this draft right now. Excellent athlete. Huge seven foot three wingspan. Not sure what he brings to the table offensively right now. That's going to be the big uh, question for him. Those are the international players that cracked uh, our first round. But there's several others, uh, including Vrenz Blindberg and Rokas Jakobudis out of uh, out of Lithuania that could certainly end up sneaking into the first round as well. Those are probably the two other guys that I see um, that I'm interested in. Uh, there's going to be uh, Johan Begaran uh, out of France uh, is uh, an Ariel Hukpoti uh, out of Germany are actually playing uh, in uh, Chicago this week at the Combines. So it'll be interesting to see uh, what's going to happen uh, there. Guys that cracked our big board uh, for the first, or, or, or sorry, our mock draft for the first time, there's a couple uh, that, that haven't been in a mock draft for us yet, first round mock draft. Josh Christopher out of Arizona State, who's been hovering right there on the bubble. He goes 25th uh, to the Nuggets. Miles McBride, the West Virginia point guard, who measured on, on Tuesday with a 6'8 and 3 quarters wingspan, even though he's 6'2. Like, that's a ridiculous, ridiculous wingspan. 
uh, for him. And you look at the Clippers with their aging point guards, Reggie Jackson, Patrick Beverly, Rajon Rondo. McBride can really shoot the basketball. Super tough defender, long, sounds like a Clippers player um, all the way. Josh Primo, uh, the freshman wing out of Alabama, cracks our mock draft at 28 to the Philadelphia 76ers. And Trey Murphy, the third, the wing out of Virginia, also cracks mock draft 2.0 into the first round at, at number 30 to the Utah Jazz. And so those are the those are the new prospects that 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 we're seeing. Uh, that means that there was a few players that that didn't make the cut this time that made it in the past. Matthew Mayer out of Philadelphia doesn't make the cut. He's actually deciding to return back to Baylor for his senior season. Uh, Trey Mann, uh, who my guess is most people have in their first round, uh, I he, he really can shoot the basketball. There's some versatility there for him. I'm having a hard time from the teams that I'm talking to right now based off of his measurements, lack of length, lack of uh, elite athleticism. He measured a little bit small, uh, again, at the combine, whether he's actually going to end up cracking uh, the first round, I think there's a little bit of a question mark going on that. Johnny Juzang out of UCLA, I had him at 25, could still end up being 25. I do think he's one of the players that the Nuggets uh, like and, and will get a look at. Uh, maybe sliding a little bit, he'll get the chance to show his stuff uh, at the NBA Combine. And so look forward to seeing that. You can come back. Uh, we'll be back on Friday. Uh, I'm going to be with John Hollinger. Uh, he just released uh, his top 23, I think, prospects over on The Athletic. Uh, he's also been scouting over at the Combine. So you're going to come on. We're going to talk a little bit of Combine stuff. We're going to talk a little bit uh, about who he likes and doesn't like in this draft. That's going to be on Friday. Uh, and then we're going to come back uh, next week and we'll do a full wrap of the Draft Combine. So much good stuff happening here in our podcast. We're going to start upping the frequency of the podcast here. And um, we're going to have our great guests back like Tony Jones soon as well. And then over at www.nbabigboard.com. Get on the newsletter whenever a podcast comes. It'll go into your inbox. Obviously, lots of other articles, stuff going on there. We'll be keeping track of players that are deciding to stay or not stay in the draft. Um, draft rumors as guys get into workouts, all the stuff that's happening in the combine. You'll find it all here on nbabigboard.com and our podcast, NBA Big Board on the Locked On Podcast Network. Aloha. Aloha. 